and we are here the main event. Roy the Rebel will again. I'd probably be a bit rude if I didn't give Sire a shout out. Welcome to Striker Chat, bringing you the story and characters of Australian Muay Thai with your hosts. Nakmoy, Roy the Rebel Wills, and not so Nakmoy, Old Man Bundy. I might just hit it raw, hold on, that's on my element. I like dark skins, love a melanin, huh, question look at Tom, when I'm stepping in. 30 bottles up Zoom, tell them send them in. I had the Lambo, switch to the Brawry. I'm a gangster, but I like to party. Pop a perky, go retarded. I'm a Brooklyn. And welcome to Structure. In today's episode, we have New South Wales Nack Moy, podcaster and Jordan co recipient Hugh O'Donnell, who is fast becoming my favourite Australian fighter. We find out his love for Muay Thai, how he and Shane started Combat Chat, and where. It all began. Before we get into it, I want to give a shout out to Roy's beautiful wife and in-laws, who are our number one fans. So, shout out to you, Jacinta, Jacinta's sister, sister Jesne, and Jacinta's mum. I don't know your name, but thank you girls for uh, listening to, to our podcast. You're the only three listeners, but thank you very much. Let's get into it. Oh, we're, we're fucking into it now, boys. And welcome back. Hugh is a fighter out of the Sitsa... How do you, how do you pronounce that, Hugh? Sitsa... Sitsa... It's a... It's a... It's a... It's a I'm not going to try that one either. Sitsuthon. Sitsuthon Muay Thai and Boxing Academy in New South Wales. He is also the co-host of arguably the best and number one Australian Muay Thai podcast... Um, combat chat with Shane Greenwood. Is that correct, mate? Yep, that's us. He is a Moy for Murph fighter with a heavy dose of Moy Bok. Please give a striking warm welcome to fast becoming my favourite Aussie fighter, Hugh O'Donnell. Thank you, bro. Welcome, mate. Welcome. How are we, gentlemen? Um, we're very, 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 very well. How are you? I'm pretty good. You, can, do you want me to uh, kick off with a, a very recent story that you guys can laugh at me? Yes, Please. mate. Um, yeah, go, go, go. I, Come on, mate. <laughs> just, just an icebreaker. Um, I was just out for a run. Like, that's the last thing I was doing before I came in here. It's a bit of a ritual thing for me. It's a Sunday run. I've seen some of your uh, runs. Out there. You're pretty good at it. I like to run. I like to run. But, I mean, today, I didn't love it because... Out in public, I just tripped somehow. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I think because I always do this run. You know, when like you don't notice your surroundings as much when it's just you know it's just business as usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like one of the uh, uh, sort of squares on the pavement has been dug up, so it was that like gravelly stuff. I, I went into it, and my foot just went. I absolutely destroyed myself. Like I got up, like like badly disoriented, and I was bleeding a lot. Like bleeding. all these people were coming. Around. Yeah, That's so funny. And I had to just kind of hobble home. Shit, shit. Man, you got complacent. So, um, 
I, I do it all the time <laughs> on the run. Mate, as long as you're all right. And did, did you tell them that you're... Did you say, go away, go away, guys? Do you know who I am? I am the Jordan co-recipient. <laughs> and they just stepped back and went, oh, yeah. sorry, mate, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, but you are okay. What kind of injuries did you just pull up there, mate? Oh, it's just grazes and things. Nothing too bad. It just went down pretty hard. <laughs> and like all these people in the street. It was just embarrassing. I wasn't like hurt. So your ego, hurt. Your, ego your ego more. Your ego yeah. got damaged. Yeah, it hurt my ego. It hurt my ego more. Than just, oh. out for, just out for a, a leisurely jog and end up destroying myself. Oh, man. It was, that's, that's a great little introduction there, mate. So um, yeah. let, let's you, O'Donnell. That's, that's, you that's, that's you, O'Donnell. And thank you very much for that interview. Sit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. So let's let's get into it anyway, brother. My my first meeting, my first ever, uh, you know, I, I I heard your podcast. We'll get into that um, in, later on. But um, my first knowing of you was your podcast, Combat Chat. Um, you gave us, I think it was the first time I ever heard you. You gave us a shout out because Sam, um, one of my well, he, the original co-host, Sammy Cassidy, says give yeah. th- give these guys. Give the, yeah, absolute legend. Shout out to you, Sammy in Thailand there. Um, he goes, give these guys a listen. They're, 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 they're pretty good. And I went, okay, gave you guys a listen. Then you guys gave us a shout out. It, it was our first week, actually, of um, of uh, bringing out Striker Chat. And you guys gave us a shout out. And, it's, it's a, it, and I've, I've, uh, I've listened to you ever since then. And then I actually physically met you at the 10th anniversary, seeing your first. That was my first, that was my first occasion seeing you fight. Yep. Which was another great fight again. It was a good night, that one. Yeah. It's funny. I think um, I didn't hear about the Combat Chat podcast uh, until, you know, right before I was actually featured on, on your podcast. Oh, right. I, so I, really, I really actually wasn't like, I've never been big into podcasts. But yeah. after, you know, being a guest on your podcast, which is, you know, the kind of the first one I'd ever been on, um, I, I kind of like just my horizons have been expanded mm, no, like with all podcasts and i can't get enough few, of them now there's a, well, there's there's only the there's only a few big ones out there but well, listen we'll get into that but but let's get into Hugh O'Donnell though there's enough enough of the uh, we'll, we'll get into this uh, the <laughs> the combat chat podcast later on but um where did, where did you grow up where, where are you from tell us about a little about your um about yourself there yeah i grew up in um the southern shire in Sid- in southern sydney the southern um, show is, is, that, little... is that Quinella? Yeah. Oh, Quinella boy. Yeah. You, you always know the locations. <laughs> yeah. Like no. It. No. I, I, I just know. I know that area geographically. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Beautiful place. Keep me on. Sorry, mate. It is a beautiful place, and yeah. um, I have lived in other areas not far away, but I'm I'm back here right now. Yeah. Spent a little bit of my childhood in the UK when I was like really, really young, but like most of my life here in Sydney, um, of Irish descent, which. Would really surprise you, yeah, when, based yeah. off of my appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand that one, but yeah. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> like I say, spent most of my life here in Sydney. Yeah. Um, mostly doing Thai boxing. Mostly doing Thai boxing. So when you were growing up as a kid, you didn't play any other sports. You didn't, didn't like uh, New South Wales. It's it's rugby, rugby or rugby league. No cricket in the summer or anything like that at all. It's a funny one that I really have never had another sporting interest. Um, outside of Muay Thai and when I was a kid because I I took it up I took it up reasonably young but I I would say it's kind of unclear even to me at what point I took up Muay Thai because when I was young I was probably 13 or 14 that was my first introduction but I wouldn't say really what I was doing was Muay Thai it was 
it was martial arts. Like, cause I did like a little bit of jujitsu and things like that. And, and even the component that I would say, like, you know, was probably my idea of beginning Muay Thai, looking back on it, it wasn't really Muay Thai. It was, it was more so kind of kickboxing, but that was really like my introduction. I, I, like, I still, it's funny because so many people in my life that I know now, I just know through Muay Thai and mm. they, that's just who I am. It's everything is yeah, Muay Thai. Yeah, but people that. that I know from like my childhood can't believe that I'm an athlete in any capacity because it's not just that I didn't do other sports. Like I didn't do other sports because I sucked so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I... I always recognized, I always wanted to do sports. Like yeah. when I took up martial arts in general, it was because I really thought there was, even at that age, I, I knew I needed like a sporting outlet. Like I think that's important. Mm. But when I, I, I'd kick around with sports in, I'd try a little bit of football or a little bit of basketball and things like that. And I just, I was definitely not, you know, like an athletic or a sporty kid. Like I couldn't catch a ball. I was hopelessly <laughs> coordinated. That's so interesting because I think like a lot of um a lot of you know people that I know in Muay Thai community in WA, especially the you know the males side of it all. I think they started in you know whether it was AFL mm. or some mm. other real like kind of athletic sport, and then dropped off from that, and then found you know, a martial art and then let that led to Muay Thai. So that's like very interesting that it kind of didn't go that way for you. Um, and, and you kind of just was the, the first experience of sport for you was that, that combat version of it. So, so, so and that's also like where you say, and I know most of the people that I would train with coming up, you know, they were the ex footy players and stuff like that. And kind of almost their base, was the athletic side mm. and they were learning the art on top of that. Whereas I was kind of the reverse because when I started Muay Thai, it's not like I was like, I found the thing I can do. I sucked at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I couldn't stand. I didn't have any coordination, but what it was appreciation for when I started to watch and like, I really wanted to be a part of it. Mm. So like the athletic elements of it just had to come yeah. because yeah. I wanted yeah. to get, and I think that's what, allowed me to focus on a sport was because like i didn't really think of it like sport like yeah. i was just watching it on youtube and things like that and really trying to learn the art and then the i guess the athletic side kind of sneaks in so, yeah. so it's, just, it's just a byproduct of uh yeah like do, doing something that you kind of really enjoy watching and love mm. doing and, and trying to emulate so it was more the, so you're a martial artist more than an athlete then is that is that is that would i be wrong in saying that no, I would say that's absolutely yeah. correct. Because, like, what I always say as well, like, where you were talking about, like, my runs before, people would say... I was just about to mention that. Talk the, about... What was that? The, the, the <laughs> runs. He, he, you should see how fast he can run and how long. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have taken to running as a part of Wintai, but people sometimes describe me as someone who, you know, is really passionate about, like, health and fitness, which, like, maybe I am, but, like, I often say, like, I don't give a shit about exercising. Like, I just like Wintai. Yeah, it's funny you say that as well because like I've had discussions with um, other fighters as well so, and basically the the fitness side of Muay Thai like if you want to be good at Muay Thai you you've got to be fit you have to so you know you, it's just something that you have to do whether you like it or not and then you yeah, end up getting pretty together. good at it yeah and you, get up, you end up getting yeah. pretty good at it so but it's not like it's it's become for you it, it, the, 
the attraction would have been the sense of belonging, the family, um, uh, the art form, the art form. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's fucking. Uh, not, not. I mean, a, a lot. A lot of people would have. A lot. A lot of martial artists would have come from that sort of a so, sort of a background type of thing. So how old are you when you did start this? Was it like a really young age? Like you're talking ten, eleven ish. What? But I'm Probably talking about martial arts. Thirteen, fourteen was when I started and um, that was when I met um, Shane, my co-host, because he so, was so, my original oh, you trainer. Him, so, so you've really? known him how since old, you were young. How nice. old are you now? Yeah. How old are you 25. now? 25. 25. So, oh, jeez. Young man. The, let me do the math. So, 12, 13 years? <laughs> 12 years, yeah. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. That's a fucking long time for a friendship and also a long time to, I mean, yeah, to, to be in a sport as well. But Yeah, um, I think, yeah. like, it was probably three years in where with Shane, I went to one of Andrew Parnham's real hero shows. Okay. And yeah, these were shout out to Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. It had, it was a good, good lineup. Like Simpai was on the card. And, um, that was like, for me, I knew what Muay Thai was, but I think I, I had that understanding of it as like, stand up fighting and then yeah. like to go to that that event and i saw and it was real muay thai like and especially at that time there wasn't as much of that in new south wales specifically and like mm. i was so captivated by i guess like the kind of ceremonial elements of muay thai i had no Tradition, idea what yeah. um what the i had no idea what the waku remoi was like when these guys got in the ring and just started doing it i was like what's going on here but it's cool yeah (laughs) and like just watching the way someone like i always point like simpack as an example but that was a big big lineup like there were some really top end fighters both australian fighters and a couple of ties on that card i I was like yeah this is not i I remember those cards real hero cards they they were really yeah they were really good they they used to do um was it the tie versus aussie theme or was that when toby fought super bomb yes yes that's Ooh. right look at, yeah. look at you so it was like fanboy team, team thailand versus <laughs> team <laughs> australia that was a fucking good card see that joy that that, that joy and excitement in your eye when you said these two names when toby fought super bomb. because i remember like i think <laughs> was i was fight. um yeah. I, I wasn't at that fight and i think it was because i wasn't old enough to go okay. like the real heroes that i went yeah. to were the ones that were in um ride community hall but i remember these fights and watching the replays and stuff all being there were my kind of first introduction to Muay Thai. And like, it was probably a few years later before I realized like the magnitude of Toby Smith versus Superbond. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, cause as a kid, you're like, okay, this is a really good fight, but I didn't understand the backstory. Of who these, I mean, like there's who they were at the time, but then who they've both gone on to be since then. Absolutely. What a privilege! Yeah, what a privilege to be able to to mm. see those two fight. I think that's a good um, that's a good fight that you kind of like at like you said at the time it was a great fight, but neither of them had reached their potential yet. And and mm. yeah, like now looking back, you're like, holy shit! Wish I could have seen that live. Because it's kind of crazy that they even fought, you yeah. know? Because like Toby's, I think sort of the a lot of his most notable crew's been up at super middleweight, whereas Super Bond's now. Mm. Still at seventy when they fought before, so like it's not like you can make that fight today. Nah, it was like a fleeting kind of moment of where Toby was at that right moment, and Superbon agreed to it. And yeah, yeah. Actually, I wish that fight was five rounds. That would have uh, just another two rounds of that fight would have been. 
<laughs> great, Would great for the eyes. <laughs> so let's let's talk about uh, your Muay Thai journey then, mate. It started off when you were 12, 13, so, and then with Shane. So you and Shane mm-hmm. entered Muay Thai together. Would that be correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah. So Shane was my original trainer. I'm with Aramat Sichathon now, which yeah. we can get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Shane was always – like, I started training with him. He, he was kind of, like, quite young into his coaching career too. Yeah. So I think in that early part of my career, it was very much like a development period for – because at the time, he worked in the gym that was owned by a, a guy called Mick Spinks, who you might be aware of. He's a, a lot of kind of the um sort of – um kind of figureheads of Australian combat sports know Mitch yeah, Binks. Yeah. He's a um, very well-known figure from largely like the, the the kickboxing kind of era. And then over the course of the time that I spent at that gym, um, Mick retired and Shane became kind of the owner and like really runs the fight team now. So that's sort of been the development. Yeah. And I was kind of, I don't want to say, it, I probably would have been one of, I would have been one of the first tie boxers under chains coaching to kind of progress through the amateurs and go pro and stuff like that so i think in a lot of ways we were figuring it out together so what is shane uh, what is shane's he, combat sport sorry to digress what is shane's combat sport background it's is he's done a little bit of everything okay. so even up at the gym now like he's got i think a purple belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah. in the when he was competing it was probably more so kickboxing than muay thai just because that's what was around yeah. and the gym that his gym double dragon that i started at yeah. at their, their core they are a kickboxing gym like double dragon even in name that yeah is rooted in kung fu you might have heard of the video game like yeah, that yeah, is double dragon, yes. uh, i was just about <laughs> <Yeah>. to ask <laughs> enter the dragon Great no, they were a, they were a kung fu because the gym is it'd be 40 years old it's like it's been around yeah. Uh, and that has it's seen a number of different evolutions. Kind of, yeah, yeah, through a different like stages of Australian yeah. combat sports, and it was very kickboxing. And then with you know my influences, like I was always like Muay Thai. Like once I had experienced that real Muay Thai, I just fell in love with it, and that's yeah. all I wanted to do. And now I think probably the next step for them is I think they've got a good couple of guys that are pretty keen on MMA, which will be interesting to see. And, and Shane, he's a very, very dedicated coach. And yeah. he's he's done kickboxing. He's done like sort of a, a bit of MMA himself. He's done jujitsu. He's also gone and done like strongman and powerlifting okay. to really learn that. He's an excellent, excellent strength and conditioning coach yep. too. He introduced me to a lot of that. So he's kind of a... I think coaching, Shane's not as much like a fight. Like he didn't have a lengthy fight career of yeah. his own. Yeah. I think coaching is where his heart is. Yeah. And his competitive experience is about just building his tool set to coach other people. And, and I think like one of his real benefits as a trainer is that maybe not having a lengthy fight career means, you know, like there, there can be a stubbornness in ex-fighter coaches that's like this is the way i did it and so this, this is, is the, the way, way yeah yeah you yeah. would do it whereas like yeah. he's always kind of got he goes to seminars and uh organizes seminars for 
So, but he does. He does. He does like what that. a fighter does he's about a, fighting, but with coaching. Yeah, but it's a true. But he's that's a, a great way to put it. That's I mean, a really yeah. good way to put it. But he's 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 the the epitome of a martial artist, or just the epitome yeah. of, a, of 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 a, of a student, always wanting to learn. I think that I yeah, think yeah. in life that's what we have to do. We can't we can't go through life thinking that we know everything. It's all we yeah. We always got to learn. The moment you stop learning is the day you die. So. It's exactly right, yeah. mate. It's exactly right. And it sounds like um, it sounds like with all his knowledge and that that they'll probably do pretty well then in the MMA scene if that's the way that they're going. So, good luck. Yeah. Good yeah, luck to I, them. I, I think so. Yeah. Good luck to them. So we digress then, and we got because uh, I, <laughs> I just wanted to find out a bit, little, little, little bit about Shane. But then let's go back to the Muay Thai. So you went from there into Muay Thai. So th- that would be through. Sorry, that that. <laughs> that tongue twister, Sitchathon. Is that correct? Sitchathon. So Sitch-a-thon. how how Sitchathon kind of comes into the story is, yes. uh, I was a very very busy amateur. Like I think I had like twenty amateur fights and I Jesus. had them all in two years. Yeah, nice. Two so, years. Like in those first. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like fight. That's like fight. Then training camp, fight. Training camp, fight. Training camp, fight. I like more or like, less for the. Def- for the first two years of my career, if it was up to me, I was fighting every three weeks. Yeah, like, yeah. And there was a period of time where it pretty much worked out that way. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it, it's, um, I remember when I, same thing when I first started, but I think I only had, because in WA they don't do like at the amateurs. Yeah, so yeah. I had one fight with pads, then the rest were, you know, without pads because we didn't even have commission back then to Jeez. regulate. But, um, <laughs> Which was awesome, That's right? <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I ended up having like eleven fights in like my second year and like nine in my first as well. So oh, very similar. So, yeah. so that's the way to go. Uh, for it. I honestly think, like, yeah. as a young fighter, um, it's the best way to to like not only learn the skills but solidify them in your brain. Yeah, and also maybe this isn't like the smartest way to think. I've never pretended to be a smart guy, but when you're fighting that often. Yeah, you're never gonna have the perfect training camp, and I think that's really. I mean, like, ignore like, and and I am always telling like the guys that want to get started this kind of thing. Sometimes you have, if you want to fight that often, sometimes you're gonna come out of a fight like, ah, man, my right leg really hurts, and you're gonna go, well, that's now out of commission for my next fight. I guess I got to start throwing my left leg a little bit more. Like, you can't build, you can't build rely like in the early part of your career you can't rely on a couple of tools because i don't think you've built out your style yet yeah and i I think up you know young fighters sometimes they take maybe a two i want to say too professional but you know like they take like the kind of training camp yeah, like more of like like high-end professional that you might adopt from like a boxing or something like that and it's like your job in that early part of your career is to learn. Yeah. And if you're putting too much focus in kind of like implementing a very specific style, like you're not going yeah. out and trying new things. And I think sometimes the, like being super active from the beginning just teaches you to make it happen. Yeah. And that's where you'll start to play with different things. And, and I always, when I'm talking to some of our new, new up and comers in the gym, I'm always like, take some time when you want to start out if you really want to have a run at it and just fight as much as you can and when you get into like the professional end of your career Hmm. you will probably have to start being a little bit a little bit more selective about when you fight and leaving enough time and 
whatever, but I think in the early going, it doesn't matter. Nah. So you just, just yeah. do it. Just do it. And that's why, like, Make when I stakes. was fighting in those couple of years, fought in different states, I fought in different, you know, I'd, I'd, if a K1 fight came up, I'd jump in on that. I'd go and enter a tournament of some kind. I didn't care about format. I didn't care about training camp i just trained as normal and then every few weekends so basically, basically learning you're learning your craft learning how to maneuver through the craft as well yeah and, and, and learning think, on the job learning on the yeah, job yeah it's um something that i've been telling the you know like um all of our kind of like young amateurs and and, and new time uh, first timers um exactly what you just said like if you're injured you know don't see it as like a roadblock see it as an opportunity to train everything else you know mm. yeah yeah, and so, you never know, like, you might come up with, you might be a really, really uh, favorable right kicker and then hurt your right leg. It's a very simple yeah. example, but a, an easy yeah. example to work on. You might start throwing your left leg and be like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. And that's like now a new tool that you wouldn't have oh. found if yeah. you didn't, if you weren't forced to explore it, right? I'm, I'm going to digress here. So you, you, mm. you're using this analogy about your left leg getting damaged and then you happen to use something else you didn't do. <laughs> I remember, was it the 10th anniversary fight where you, wasn't your, your leg got damaged in that one? And did you, did you have to <laughs> maneuver and use your other leg? Was it, did that come into play there? I uh, know, yeah. Corey, Corey did chop my um, yeah, lead leg that. to pieces. Uh, I actually, like, had to in adjust. that fight. Sorry? Yeah, I had to adjust in that, um, yeah. uh, you know, it started shifting to a little bit more. I was kind of kicking with him in the early going and he was getting the better of it. And then. <laughs> My leg was barbecued and I started to play a bit more of an elbow game, which shifted things yeah. back to me. And yeah, well, as you say, like the more experience you get kind mm -hmm. of not having every weapon at your disposal, the more gears you can work through over the course of a fight. Yeah, I, I yeah. do like I do like the ethos of, of at the beginning, get as much as much work as you can do, do, do as much what can they service for your for for the martial art or for for the, mm. for your regime um and then make make the mistakes because you're not gonna you, to to progress you need to make mistakes definitely yeah definitely and like i tell you i'm i've made more mistakes than most <laughs> well, i think I've we all made a lot of mistakes <laughs> no, we all make mistakes i think if you're not making mistakes in life you're not progressing you're not, you're not, yeah, like, yeah especially, gotta... you know, that can be applied to life in general, but yeah, especially as a fighter, it's the, the easiest way to learn is to fuck up and then learn how to fix that fuck up or yeah. how for it to not happen again. So we keep digressing, mate. I keep, I keep asking questions and we keep get going off in little tangents, mate. Let's pull it back. That's to what we're here for. I know. Wanna bang it out? You know I'm down the pit, never quit. We put in pressure on this shoulder crowd, we hold it down. Man, it's over once my hand cocks. Shout out to the weapon, that's my brother since the sandbox. Man, the time has come for me to prove I mean business is my witness. Rebel boy won't let it go the distance. See, for instance, I shed blood and then I get applause. Everybody, please welcome back the rebel with the cause. Man, the time has come for me to prove I mean business is my witness. Rebel boy won't let it go the distance. See, for Instance, I shed blood and then I get applause. Everybody, please welcome back the rebel with a cause. Clip pushes me hard so I can kick your mouth. I ain't talking east with though, I'm talking quick draw house. I know. I've actually got I'll pull it back. I'm good Okay, yeah, yeah. So you ended up having how many amateur fights before you went uh, pro? Because you. It, I remember talking to you at the um, Rebellion show and mm. we kind of had this discussion. Um, and you were saying that 
technically you've had how many amateur fights? 20? Was it tw- no. Something like 20. Like yeah. I, I forget how many yeah. fights. And I then had but um, it was somewhere in that vicinity, yeah. Professional fights was what now? Uh how many? 16. Yeah. 16 or so. Yeah. And then you so yeah. you said that um when you fight in Sydney they make you separate them or no, I think for the most part when I fight here, because like when I get asked for my record, I will just list out everything that I've had mm, together. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I and, think then, you should think, do because yeah, exactly. like, That's your yeah. amateur fights are still a fight. You know, it's not like you're not fighting. It's your fight career. Yeah. But then some of the shows will ask for a pro record and I, I don't have it off the top of my head to be honest, but I keep that as well because I, I definitely think like doing the amateur record pro record thing is helpful it's just that in australia it gets quite hard because you know for example queensland and wa kind of the same uh, have i mean wa has like a structure like a tiered system as you move through your fights with pads and stuff yeah new south wales has that you know defined you're an amateur and you're a pro yeah yeah Uh, victoria is is quite similar to new south wales and queensland's just you could fighting knuckle dusters when you're 12 years old if you want. That's what we used to be like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the I think, like, like, it gets hard. You can fight it, it knuckle hard dusters when you got as a 12-year-old. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Because like <laughs> like... then, like, it becomes a disadvantage, right? Because if you've got a, like, someone from Queensland who's had no amateur fights and they just have to say, I've had 20 pro fights against someone who had, yeah, you know, I like the amateur career before. It's not like it gets difficult in Australia, but I think that would be a good thing to move towards would be if we had the amateur and pro record thing. It's just that it's too hard when every state has a different Yeah, and, and, you know, like, like you're saying, every state's so different and they're just set, you know, in their ways because it works for that state, I guess. Yeah. So, um, well, I do think like, um, I think now in WA, it's actually quite a good system that we've got. We've got... Um, so you fight, yeah, I think you have like your first fight or two fights in headgear if you're mm. over 18 and shin pads and elbow pads. And then I think by like fight five, so I think your sixth fight, your shin pads come off mm. um, and your headgear's off after like two, um, which, you know, it, it's like a good slow progression into, you know, what you're kind of working toward. Well, I've actually seen like um, a few good juniors like that were really good in pads in WA recently just come up and they've now turned 18 and because mm. they had like 20 padded fights as soon as they flipped mm. over and now they're fighting with full shin contact because they've already had those fights um I think a lot of them are actually quite uh like they're finding it quite different um you know mm. they're fighting men now yeah and not only that but you, you know getting kicked with a shin pad so different to yeah, you know, getting kicked by a, a full shin. So, um, yeah, I think like um, WA's got a, a pretty good system there. Um, and, I, you know, I do agree with kind of like being able to split the records a little bit um, because like you said, that it does create like a small issue when you've got someone who's had 20 pro fights in Queensland against someone who's had 20 amateur fights in New South Wales. But then mm. in Queensland, they just regard them all as fights and that's not really fair so yeah and it's like i i feel like i i've probably talked about this kind of thing a lot so i won't spend too much time on it but 
it, it also it's like when we start to send fighters internationally like an example i can think of is that like you guys teammate uh tyler yeah he goes over to one championship and he's had 30 something fights mm. on his record and then you've also look at uh savas in one championship his record is i think 30 something fights too but that's not the same you know savas has had that those 30 fights plus 100 and whatever amateur fights yeah whereas tyler's 30 something fights are everything from the first day he was fighting in headgear and wa so that's a difficult distinction when you're looking at you know these two guys on paper are at the same stage in their careers when in reality one is far more experienced yeah yeah. that's just two examples that come to mind within one championship i think like um fighters from the uk have the same thing where they have like hundreds of amateur Mm, fights from childhood and then they turn pro like I remember uh, seeing Jonathan Haggerty's record when he first fought on one. When I first saw him on one, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. He's only had like 13 or 14 <laughs> fights. Yeah. And yeah. he's fighting like that? I was like, that's <laughs> nah. insane. But then, yeah, you know, obviously I realised. Um, amateur yeah. fighters as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's um, some good discussion points there. Uh, uh, I mm. can see both points of view mm. there. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can you're quite articulate, man. You know how to you know how to have a good discussion there, don't you, brother? You have to be when you're you know a you've got the, the, lo- the longest running podcast in Muay Thai podcast in Australia. That's correct. Two hundred two. Like how them. many hours of podcasts have we made now? Then, like, I think most of them are over an hour. So, <laughs> like, I'm probably uh, there's there's probably two hundred and fifty hours. Of don't think about it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't start thinking about it. <laughs> Jesus, when you start thinking about it like that, well, hey, but let... time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> man, you have that. That's man, it, that's it, it. It, you do have fun. You do. You, you guys do have fun when you do your po- when you do your podcast, mate. So let's just get back to your back to you and Muay Thai. So you've been to Thailand just quickly before we get to the next thing. You've been to Thailand, trained in Thailand. Like decent length trips to Thailand. Done. Do you, do uh, so I've had some good experience there. Do you guys think it's important for a knack Muay to actually go to Thailand and do do the training and and do that sort of stuff? Is it, is it, do you think it's important for your fight career? You as a falang, is it, is, it, is it just? Um, I mean, for both years. I mean, like, yes. I'm asking. I'll give you a simple answer. Yeah, I think you should. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, My take on this, I'll give you a less simple answer because that's my thing. My take <laughs> on this is excellent. Is interesting because, like, everyone knows my thing is like I'm Muay Thai obsessed and I love Thailand Muay Thai like I spent yeah. so much time watching it I wish I had spent more time there and like a big reason I haven't is because of this shit that's been going on the okay, last couple of years but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can <laughs> but, forbidden um, we, word we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we can say it uh, <laughs> I I got back from my last trip in March of 2020 little did I know there was going to be no going anywhere for a while after that yeah i was there that time as well i think of it like this my and this is one of the reasons like i ended up at uh, or or i made a move to situation is like i really believe that with the knowledge that we have now you can have uh you can train fighters to a high level within australia Uh, absolutely you can especially the number of ties that we have here sharing that knowledge for, for a long time in the past the problem was other countries were kind of not playing the same game, but we are, we have so much access to knowledge, but I also believe that uh, you gain so much from just going over there and the idea share that comes from just having all these people in one room, the amount of time you can spend training when you're in hot, like 
you can do a week's worth of training in a day for some people yeah. Yeah. when you put in those hours and you're one-to-one with a trainer, which a lot of people aren't in their regular gyms. But also I really think the sport grows when go over there and really see Muay Thai at its core for what Muay yeah. Thai is. Right. And that will help. Like, so I think to, to the question, do you need to go? I don't think you need to spend time. And there are lots and lots of high level fighters coming out of a ton of countries now that don't, you know, it used to be like, if you really want to make it, you move there. I, yeah. I genuinely believe we have teams here in Australia that can produce high level fighters. But I also think to round out your understanding and just, your appreciation, I, I think it's an important part of being a yeah. Thai boxer is just going to see it at its core. I, I fully agree. Um, you know, like I when I, I only spent three months in total ever in Thailand. I did two trips, mm. one month trip when I was like 16 and then another mm. when I was 19 for two months. And then just the knowledge that I, like you said, just engrossing yourself as a fighter into that knowledge. Into the, yeah. I probably learned, like you said, a year's worth in that two months. Like it was insane every day six days a week seven hours a day and i think that that part of my journey like i wouldn't get i wouldn't have got to where i did if i hadn't have done that especially the second trip mm. um yeah so, so you know like that's why i think um like kian is planning on going there um after his next fight and domination for like two months yeah. and it was actually yeah. me that <laughs> kind of said to him i was like bro i really think you should kind of go um, just immerse himself in yeah the just to, and you just know, become a fighter and, and everything, yeah. you know he's got like he's got a partner um real nice real nice girl and and i told him you know like it's kind of difficult thing to try and navigate with in a relationship like that but um you know you know, i just said i think talk to her i think it'd be amazing for your career i think you'll come back with so much more knowledge than i could give you in that same amount of time um even though you know like me and him have a real good relationship in terms of like um, coach and fighter and yeah he, I think he's going to um, just really benefit for that and, and like you said like you don't have to to be good but I think it makes it it's easier it makes it, yeah. to yeah. become great mm. and like my first trip there completely changed everything about how I do it. and that's not going to be the case for everyone but I like I can look at fights that I had before I went there for the first time and fights I had after and I was moving completely differently and also that was where i learned how to teach ah. like I, I completely changed my approach to showing things and stuff there like i gained a ton um not just in how i fight myself but kind of like my approach to kind of helping other people understand that completely flipped the but way what, I do it to this day, the way I do everything. Why is that though? Why, why, why would you think that is going from going to Thailand? What, what, what was the difference there that taught you that type, type of thing? Yeah. Um, like, well, we touched upon like my background and my original kind of introduction to the sport was I was learning Muay Thai on the fly. Yeah. Like my base was a little bit more in a kickboxing style. Yeah. And, and oh, I went okay. to, yeah, I, I went to, and I had had a, a fair few fights at this point before I ever made it over there. And I went to Sitjapo in Ahuahin with those. You've probably seen the Instagram clips of the two twin brothers, which is that beautiful female style yeah. sparring. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I went and trained with Crew F. I think Keen was actually looking Sitjapo. at going to Ahuahin as well. Is it that, that's ages away? Right there. Isn't that, how far away is that from Bangkok? Is that like, 
about three hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Not, it's not too far, and there's a really easy um, bus, a pretty easy, comfortable bus you can get comfortable bus. to Bangkok. <laughs> yeah. The back of a truck. 90 minutes from Pattaya as well. Yeah. Yeah. But he, uh, Peto has this style. I, I really loved it there because I think I've been in a few gyms in Thailand and what you figure out from going to Thailand is like, there's a very clear model for what a training session looks like. Mm. You know, like there's actually not a lot of variance between what you're going to do that, you know, it's, you're going to do your pads and your bag work and your yeah, sparring and your clinching and you learn through that, but it's not like there's a, ton of variation in the, the yeah, method it's yeah. it's very kind of nuts and bolts but at uh Sichapur, they have a like a because that camp is entirely westerners like they don't okay. have outside of like a couple of the trainers yeah they don't have like a stable of thai fibers like at the stadiums or anything like that it's effectively like a holiday camp they have some long-term guys there like joseph flatsiri i met him there yeah the okay. guy who just beat yeah. i met him there and, and he spent a lot of time there their morning sessions are golden because it has like a very Western friendly, like almost seminar style. It like oh. Petro it helps that he has really, really good English. He's just an awesome guy as well. I've never met anyone who just met him that doesn't love him. He really just helps you understand concepts. Here's what to do against a fighter who's trying to do this and kind of models oh. it live. And you'll spend a lot of time almost doing like sparring slash pad work with a trainer who'll put the belly pad on in his gloves and you'll do this live kind of drilling and it helps you understand concepts. It's not just, uh, you know, kick the pad a hundred times. Yeah, it's not just yeah, making yeah. you fit and hard. Like, and there's that the afternoons are just Bangkok style. Yeah. And that's what I like about it too, is that it's just that pads, bag work, sparring, just, or just like the basics, but in the morning, it's let's slow everything down. Let yeah. me show you, let me explain exactly. why. And I think Close. that helped me just like, and some days, like say if you had a fight and you were out for a couple of days, you'd want to just sit down and listen mm. to what he had to say. Like it wasn't just the accent. And I would, I'm a big notebook guy. Like I have a bunch of them. <laughs> oh, I've encouraged you yes, a lot <laughs> with my fighters too. Yeah. Ian actually showed no, me that. I mean, yeah. I, I am massive on taking notes like i think it's, it's like i go I, I it used to be like but I, I that's something i kind of brought home because in thailand i feel like you also learn by just having time like we're always in a hurry mm. trying to fight and like i live my life at like <laughs> yeah. because trying to work and train and like get everything done in a day like it just becomes so frantic that like yeah just yep. train and then just sit down and think about what you did and that's yeah. something i always brought home and i have to remind myself still sometimes is like don't just go into the gym and do your work and it, it's it's not a box ticking exercise i'm getting a little bit tangential now excuse me but that's okay it's, it's um, okay i like it your training is not a box ticking exercise it's not like it, to a degree there's especially when you're like preparing for a fight you got to get this and this and this done in a day yeah. but what's going to grow you is like enriching your understanding and like actually process. improving your because like yeah you have to build concepts and like build your and that's like your ability to apply what you're doing because yeah, you that's can the hardest the pads thing. hard every day yeah yeah that's that will what... make you fit 
yeah. but can you do what you need to do in the moment? Yeah, yeah. that's um, a massive thing. Like I, I do a lot of um, I do a lot of PTs, and I find they they will be good on the pads, and then for the last half of the PT, I'll be like, right, now we're going to do what we did on the pads, but now you're going to do it against band. me, and the yeah. sh- shit goes out the window normally. So out the window. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So and it, that's what I think a lot of training systems are built like that. Is that you look at these guys and and they, it's. I think that's the difficult and intricate part of being a trainer. And, yeah. and I don't pretend I understand. I know how to be a trainer, but just from watching it, that it's like, okay, you can be like, here's today's combo and practice it on the back. And they'll be hammering away with it. But mm. as you say, like, are you implementing that in a way where you could actually make it work live? Yeah. And that was to come back to my original point. What I loved about Sijapo was you would just, do rounds with a trainer where he'd be wearing his sparring kit and just testing your ability to deal with certain situations, but not necessarily here's how you deal. Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna walk up and try to knee you. Not here's the one way to deal with it. You mm. show me how you would deal with it and yeah. we'll work from there. Like it's helping you build your style, yeah. not just teaching you moves. That's it's why like, I, yeah. that's why Thailand is so beneficial because you get mm. to do what Hugh has just explained in the morning and then you get your fitness as well at, in the afternoon. The afternoon yeah. In Australia, you know, like Hugh's saying, we, everyone's got to work and somehow you have to fit all of that into the same amount of, or less time, but somehow try and get the same benefit and that's that's mm. what's hard. So, um, you know, that's if you the go... That's balance if for you the go trainers, too, right? Like, yeah, if you go too much on the drill side... Well, you're not going to be fit enough to apply it in your fight. If you go too much on the fitness side, you're not going to have the skill to actually do it in the fight, even though you've got the fitness. So, yeah, it's, so it is a hard balance, and that's, that's why Thailand's so good. So I, 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 get, mm. I get your ethos there, Hugh. So it's basically learning the skill. You're not just learning the skill. You're, you're learning a skill and a technique, and then you're you are also learning when to use that skill and Which is a skill in itself. Yeah, and when to use yeah. that technique. And also, I think this can be the main weakness of a, a class structure, in which is the only way we can do it here. When you've got 20 people in a room and you're teaching, this is how you deal with someone who's trying to hit you with this. And one of the person you're teaching that uh, technique to is six foot two. Yeah. And one of the people you're teaching that technique to is five foot six. And okay their answer to this situation is going to be different. different. It's different. Yeah. But yeah. I have to teach in a way that is, you know, scalable across uh, 20 people. Whereas, again, coming back to being in Thailand, you spend a lot of time one-to-one. Yeah. And they can kind of design your sort of approach based on your physical attributes, but also your own style and temperament. Like, these are all pieces of building a style. Like, I think a lot of people go wrong kind of just trying to impart a particular style on someone rather than looking at what they bring to the table and developing a style from that. And I think that they're the most technical, technically proficient fighters are people that yeah. have built a style, not adopted a style. It's I, called, I agree. Yeah. It's that called, yeah, it does make sense because it's, it's called martial arts for a reason. I mean, we all mm. learn the same technique and it's, it's everyone, everyone has their own little... Some, peop- some people some people are better. Uh, some people pick it up better, and that and that like 
you can tell in the gym, you know, like some people pick it up better and they apply th- what you're learning, like teaching them on the pads better. And you're mm. like, oh, they're picking it up without me even really having mm. to tell them how to apply it. So they add it, I guess they like, add their style. you know, as a yeah. coach now, you know, identifying who's pretty good at, um, you know, just applying it themselves and then, you know, you can focus on the fitness a bit more there or, yeah. you know, mm. where to put a little bit more time into some people who struggle with it a bit more. So, no, that, that's good points. I just, uh, so yeah, I, I want to go, go, I want to move go. on. So, go, go, go. Um, just trying to, uh, I, I, honestly, I could talk about this all day. But oh, no, we will, we will. We, will, <laughs> we, will, we'll get, we, we can get another podcast. I, um, I, so <laughs> I wanted to move on to your most recent fight on Rebellion mm-hmm. Hugh. Yes. Um, I was uh, privileged to be there live. I, Mate, you know, once I, I started hearing the crowd start to go mental round three. So I was like, you know what, Leo, you can get ready in a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I'm going to go watch. <laughs> and fucking, I'm so great, glad I great did. Fight. Um, that was That was probably the best fight I've seen in Australia since all the shows really started back up. Yeah. Um, so well done on, on that fight. Uh, the the result was a draw, which I watched the fight back um, on video, and yeah, oh, I'm not gonna, I won't whisper it, but I thought you did enough <laughs> to want to win that. Um, but you know, like when you when you get a draw um, like that, and it's just an absolute war. Like I think I said it to you um, out the back after. Like our job in there is to entertain, and that was entertaining. And fucking yeah. You entertained, so well done on that win. How yeah. how'd you um how'd you feel in that fight after that fight? All the details. I it's been interesting that like uh like you say I I think when we were having this conversation I was quite disheartened in, yeah, could... in the back like coming straight out because like I, I want to be clear because I've there's been a lot of kind of like buzz about the fight and that's cool yeah. I like that and it's good to get people talking I think it's elevated my maybe my brand if you will it has, Australian it, has, it has but i have to be clear that with my my it's easy to be like i'm not now like everyone was excited so it's fine my aim when i'm there is to win and i did not win yeah, okay yeah. so that's like yeah, okay. that's been where my my head is at since and that's okay because i'm not dwelling on it too much because i will just now go and on to the next one so it's okay i I'm happy with a lot of things I did in that fight. Like I think I showed a lot of new stuff round three, four, five. Mm. Um, it's just that I'll be like completely, I'm not too worried about sharing this kind of thing in, in my post fight process is, is I've had quite a frustrating issue where I almost have to be backed against the wall before I start doing what I can do. Like, cause I think, <laughs> I could have fought like I did in the later rounds of that fight from the very beginning. And it could have been a very different fight, but I started quite slow and, and I'm not opposed to the idea. I think I don't mind having a little bit of a look, but I sometimes struggle to just survey and have a look at the fight, but then click that gear and, and do what I I need to do like yeah. I almost kind of let the other person have their turn first I've done it a few times sometimes like <laughs> it's a work in progress it's something yeah. that I some, some fights I've really been able to switch on and just go but I yeah I don't know if it's like just still a confidence thing for myself like just being like you know I, I know what I need to do and I'll just do it but just for whatever I just yeah I, I struggled to implement we had a pretty clear plan 
And when I, you know, really just kind of went for it with confidence, uh, it, it worked very well and it did more or less what we thought it was going to do. So that's kind of my been sort of my in reflecting on the fight. I do think it was a good fight. I, when we went to the cards, I, I, I think I thought, you know, I, I wasn't complaining about the draw. I think like you, you can't, I don't think I always say this, like you cannot complain or think things should have gone differently. No. Like no. if you are just like <laughs> blood everywhere, because what does that look like to yeah, an observer? Yeah. You got to score like that. You got to and, score the damage. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's fine. Um, I think, yeah, like there was a lot of growth points from rounds three, four, five that I can take away. And to, this is the important thing for me is like, I could look at this like, well, I fucked it and just be like, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. but that's, that's not productive. That's not productive. So I can be like, yeah. okay, I did this wrong, but there's also, you have to approach it from a place of like, here are the elements that I can continue to build from. Because if you're so black and white about being like, if you come even, it's the same with when you, you know, when you lose, like if you're just like, well, I sucked and I, I'm not good enough. That won't help you nah. because if you can't be like, because for me, there's a very productive place to be where you can be like, okay, when I went for these things that have been not quite my style and was trying something new and they worked great. now I, I know that I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And coming out next time I have to come from that, but that should be something to gain confidence from. Whereas if my issue has been, you know, not being able to, really just go out there with full confidence from from the opening bell and then i let coming out of this fight make me go well shit i can't do it i'm not going to be confident next time yeah, yeah. you know so it's about coming out of the reflect on the things that you didn't do well and understand what has to be patched up but also reflect on the things that you did do well and use those as your starting yeah. point let to it continue reinforce, to build. i think let that's it where we go wrong confidence. yeah yeah no i agree um yeah, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of like things. I think that I haven't seen from you when you fought, when you fought before. I've mm. seen like when I watched it, I was like, oh, I've seen glimpses of what you did in other fights. But then I think like especially rounds three, four, and five, like all the glimpses that I've seen in your previous fights, and I've watched a couple of them, like really came together in a really cohesive way in that fight, and that and I think it you know, like, in my opinion, again, it, it got you the win, but a draw was, you know, like, uh, a still a good def decision because yeah. it was one of those fights that, yeah, he had you kind of on the back foot in the first two rounds. Mm. Um, and then depending on how you scored the third, you know, maybe some, that's obviously why some judges gave it a draw. Um, so, yeah. and, like, being a ref and judge myself, um, like, mm. sometimes, man, like, you watch a fight and you're like, Especially live, watching them mm. live is sometimes very different to watching it um, back on a video. Like you hear the thud of a shot more, you hear the, yeah. the you see the fine movements and the and their facial expressions a bit more live, and you can hear them make noise when they get yeah. kicked or need or whatever. And that that does go a lot into how a judge will look at a fight, and you know maybe that's why the judges gave it a draw. Like you know you you just don't know, and and like you said. Um, you, you can't dwell on it. I used to give myself one day of being sad, you know, <laughs> sad about my fight. And then after that, would not allow it. I'd be like, any negative thought, I'd be like, no, why am I having that negative thought? What caused a negative thought in the fight? 
how do I fix that? And and that, I think, like, what you were saying is the best way to approach a, a fight like you had, even though it wasn't a loss. But I, I used to even say you, you, there's things you need to learn even from your greatest wins. Oh, so always things mm. to learn. Always things to reflect on. Yeah. Mate, one more. Mate, we've been at it, like, we've... We, we've been on many tangents here, <laughs> but just I'm one. dreadful at letting anyone stick to a schedule. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, I'm but I'm loving it, mate. This is great. This is so weird. this is great content. But I just want to get one more question in about your Muay Thai career before we get on to yes. uh, combat chat, mate. What is next for you? What uh, is there a title fight, title shot? What 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 what's in, what's what's in store for your uh, fight career? What's next? I think this year is just gonna roll on. Um, uh, I'm on again in three weeks from yesterday. Oh, up really? who, who, who up against? I believe I'm fighting Braden Johnson from Fight World GC. Uh, I was originally matched with Nick Browning, uh, but he's unwell and had to pull out a few weeks ago. What show? So this is in? a funny one. Uh, War on the Shore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, up in Queensland, um, this show has just. I, I was first matched on this show. Uh, two years ago now with nick browning so this match has been like uh been moving moving as the show's moving like fair play to peasy he's um really really gonna get this show done like at one yeah. point the guys had waiting uh, luckily for for me not for anyone else my fight because you remember um, David Penn and Peeb was going to fight James Honey and the guys actually yep. weighed in. Yep. Yeah. And then so it was fucking... on fight day that it got cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily for, for, again, luckily for me, my fight fell apart the week before that. Okay. Uh, so yeah. I didn't actually make it up to Queensland to weigh in and stuff like that. But yeah, they fair play to um, PZ, the legend. That yeah, he's really absolutely. tried to protect his original lineup and really honour giving these guys a fight and, and let it carry on and it'll be cool to finally see it. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, good, good luck with that one and uh, it, put a live uh, stream link up if you can because I, I want yeah, to watch, uh, I wanna watch one of my new favourite Aussie fighters he go at it, man. He is my favourite. <laughs> But after the break... A bit more chaos. <laughs> bit, oh, fucking nice. I love the chaos. I love the chaos. <laughs> but after the break, we chat with you about his podcast, Combat Chat. I'll get to a fucking piss, bro. <laughs> Welcome back. They say there is 4 million podcasts worldwide. And on average, each will produce only six episodes. To achieve 200, that's an outstanding effort, my bro. <laughs> Mate, that's a 200 episodes, man. So that's... um. That's a great achievement. Congratulations on that for you and Shane. That's Shane Greenwood, is that correct? 
Yeah, Shane Greenwood. Yeah. Shane Greenwood, mate. So, um, like I said, uh, listen to your podcast. It was fucking great. Um, you gave us a shout out. Shane got the name right. <laughs> um, how did it start? <laughs> how did how did how did it all start? Like I I heard episode two hundred, and I know I know I know the backstory and everything like that. But for our listeners, how did it all start? Yeah. So. One thing that I always have to call out and I would never pretend anything else is like Shane is a hundred percent like the engine room of the podcast. Like yeah. I, how I often put it is like Shane has a podcast and I am just the most frequent guest because <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just show funny. up and talk and leave and Shane edits it. He generally gets it up within a day. So he does all uh, the, does so, most. sorry, mate. Go he does yeah, all the yeah, editing. He does, he does yeah. the editing. Yeah. yeah. That's, Pundi. Yeah, it, that, it, that's Pundi for us too. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, or I like, I've edited some of the podcasts and, and stuff like that, but like, yeah, the last couple of years, especially like Shane's really just come up with it. And it's really, really cool. Like I've been really impressed by it because like, yeah, it is. It's very impressive. Has no background in that kind of thing. It's just mm. taught himself as he goes and gets them up really quickly. Uh, how it kind of came together in the first place, it's interesting because, again, it was Shane's idea. He sent a message to myself and, and the gyms. Kind of the original model for the show is it was going to be more broadly about combat sports, but also it was going to be a little bit more of like a gym community kind yeah. of show. Yeah. 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 So ask me and ask um, uh, the gym's jiu-jitsu coach, Trent, because like to have those kind of mix of perspectives and talk about what's going on. And we kind of just made it as like a, just a bit of fun and yeah, shared it amongst the gym more than anything. Cause podcasts are a great tool like that. Like you don't have mm. to be making something for the masses. Yeah. Anyone can make one. Mm. Yeah, it's just for your little gym community. It's a good way to Absolutely. foster a little bit of engagement and stuff like that. And just the get, more we did just it, get some information out as well to like, yeah. if you can, I, like I remember when we spoke about starting it and I was like, if I can just help one young yeah, fighter well, with some information yeah. become great, like fuck, then mm. I'll be happy. So yeah. And then kind of as time progressed, you know, all I ever wanted to talk about was Muay Thai. So, and like I'm, uh, pretty talkative so that kind of started <laughs> no, to become you... the focus of the episode yeah but also as we started to talk to guests i think there's a lot of jujitsu podcasts and there's a lot of mma podcasts but there's actually not that many muay thai podcasts not, so not. once we started to talk to more guests it became an outlet to actually give a platform and a voice to australian muay thai fighters yeah. and then um you know we eventually it, it ended up being just shane and i and, and that became the focus of it, and I think that's really where we started to kind of carve out this little community of, of listeners was yeah. because there wasn't at the time. There has been over the years, there's been some awesome Aussie Muay Thai podcasts, but at the time there wasn't really one. And yeah. I think what you need more than anything in this this format is just consistency because yeah. people just need like a, you know, a, 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 an appointment kind of, Listen, that'll, that'll kind of get people involved. And like, just to have, an, uh, you know, you, you make, uh, I think there was a video up on our Instagram kind of yesterday that um, people were giving us a lot of love on, which we appreciated, where I was saying, when I started Muay Thai, I didn't know where to watch Muay Thai or what was happening. Yeah. I think that, that additional perspective, and, and that's why like MMA's fan base is so big, is there's so many communities, it's not 
why as such, but it's, I think it's been a big part of the development of MMA is that there's so many communities you can start to get opinions yeah. from and stuff like that. And, and in the beginning, to be honest, and I still have this is like my biggest concern making a podcast is that people would say, who are you to talk about this kind of thing? And like, to be honest, I still get that kind of a little bit sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I never want to pretend that I am a Muay Thai expert. I would never, ever pretend that. And that's why like sometimes when we'd start to ask certain people to be guests, I'd be like, oh, he's going to think I'm a dickhead. Like, like come and I've got this Muay Thai show and stuff like that. But I guess what I really loved about it from the beginning was the support that people came back with. Mm-hmm. Like people wanted to be a part of it and wanted to come on and, and let us become a little bit of a voice. And that gave me a little bit more kind of confidence in it. In at the end of the day, like I don't have to be an expert yeah. because all I'm trying to do is give voice to other people that actually are experts and have a lot to say. Like I'm just kind of acting as a bridge between like a the conduit. general Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of like bring this information forward. That's cool. I think that was, that was a big part of it for me was, a, back in my own experience, I've been like, you know, I've had some fights. I can talk about Muay Thai without, yeah. like, it, like, I was worried that it would come across like I was trying to be a know-it-all because, like, I don't no, know everything there is. So I, I, I'm I, still I, learning myself. As a listener, I don't think that, uh, no. I don't think it comes across like that at all. I actually think it does come across like you're a, um, a, a massive, you know, like very passionate fan yeah. who's just, just trying to yeah. explore and share you know, what's going on in Muay Thai with everyone else, which is, you know, exactly what you kind of listen to a podcast for, you Mm. know, you want to be, you don't want to just get told something or lectured. You want to be a part of a flowing conversation. Yeah. You you know, you're sitting there uh, uh, in the room with the guys talking. Mm. So, uh, and I think it does come across like that very well. So it does. That's obviously why you guys are so successful. That I think can be a really good thing as well as like, so we've been doing it like it's been, probably five years now like i've had a lot of fights in that time that it's like as i kind of ref- like i'm doing this thing and like there's a lot of things about fighting that there's no way to learn it without doing it you yeah. know there's not a lot of people don't have the resource of an experienced fighter at their gym they're kind of just like blazing the trail themselves and so it's like i've had fights where i've won i've had fights that i got smashed i've had fights where I did the wrong thing in training and I've had time and it's like I can just create like a resource where I'm just here being like here's what happened mm. here's what I did here's what I learned and if that can help someone else yes, yeah. learn from That's... in large part learn from my mistakes mm. and kind of or, or explore things in a different way cool I think we need more of that but, more know, idea sharing and more yeah. I think like between you know the combat chat uh, the one that you know striker chat um, the Muay Thai hour, you know, yeah, like Pinkies, Pinkies, um, um, Ring Lovers, Ring Lovers, ring that's lovers. it. Yeah, it's a great name. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Great name. It's, it's I Pinky. think, like, that, that hey, Ring Lovers, Pinkies down, down to a T. You know what? Name. There might even be a, um, you know, at the Australian Muay Thai Awards, if they do that, there might be a category, the uh, <laughs> you, best, Muay, best Muay Thai <laughs> no, podcast. I think, <laughs> I think, I think no, there's I, probably I, enough of us now. I think, I think, I think, uh, Combat Chat's got that <laughs> yeah, one, man. But you, 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 you definitely have the same philosophy and podcasting as as me is like you know it's not it's not about the audience it's not about getting the numbers it's 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 creating a community 
um, and telling your story as well. I mean, it's not. It's, it doesn't matter how many how many fans that you want to get. It's it's just you're you're telling your story and and if whoever, whoever wants to come along. Um, for that journey, exactly. Telling, you know, telling it in a, bring it in an authentic way yes. naturally brings people to listen yeah. as well. So, oh, there's um, there's three, there's uh, like three keys to podcasting. That's um, obviously knowledge of, of the content that you're doing, um, consistency, and being genuine with your audience and genuine to yourself. Mm. And you've got all three of those happening. So yeah. Well, I think like. I'll do my best not to get too philosophical. I can get carried away, but I think this applies to everything. And this is a big part of like, just like my general ethos towards Muay Thai as well. It's like, I think you will do something well if you do it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I can, I can approach that from a few different places, but I think in a, in a podcasting sense that it's like, I know like, the audience is not huge because the Australian Muay Thai audience it's is not, not huge, huge and podcasting's yeah. a saturated. If that's why I wanted to do this for other people, for the idea of creating like a, you know, a, a massive podcast audience, I wouldn't make the same podcast because it wouldn't make me happy yeah. or it wouldn't really like fulfill mm. my purpose. Like I do it for me because like, for example, like Roy, you're a great example. It's like I watched you fighting before I had ever fought. And that I get to sit on a podcast and get your take on things. Wow. And that, that yeah. truly, like our episode yeah. with you, Roy, is one of my favorites. Like I've watched it back in full just to get, and I've sent clips of it to other people because just listening to you kind of talk about your, like, like I don't even know if you remember, but you, you went on, you, you gave us kind of like your breakdown of like, kind of how to approach a fight career from like setting your priorities and, and yeah, how to yeah. goal yeah. set. And so that, that was golden like i i took genuine value from that whether it was recorded or not that would have done a lot for me as a person and that's enough to make me keep making podcasts yeah even if five people listen that's fine because i took a lot from it like i'm just the first listener really (laughs) yeah i'm just listening live (laughs) yeah yeah and i think like like was just saying you know like that's why i think um you know your podcast and and i think that is the key to having a good podcast is mm. yeah just you know making it feel like someone could just sit there with you and just listen in and, and be a part of that conversation yeah. and, and gather some information from it as well so yeah, yeah. no nah, that was a um like i said uh, right at the start of this podcast you know like it was kind of my first foray into podcasting in general being yeah. on your podcast and and um and when you did that and then i saw that you because like my thought coming out of that was like we should have a podcast yeah. Like, because I, f- I really felt like that was at a time when you were really just making that transition yep. from fighter to trainer. And that's where you were like, I think that's a big part of funneling all these ideas that you've picked up mm. as a fighter and kind of articulating them to pass on to someone else. And I, I felt like we we're kind of watching that come together live. Yeah. And that's why I, I was really happy to see you start doing this and kind of just have your own. So basically you are a fanboy, aren't you? You're a big fan. Massively. Massively. <laughs> Same. You have to be, man. You have to be to, to, to um, speak about it as passionately yeah. and as, as informed as she is, you know, and myself, you like, know. Just... For example, Bunny, like when I was at that 10th anniversary um, rebellion, like, I was there to fight, but when yeah. the show kicked off, you know how they played that beautiful, beautiful intro video that Matt yeah, Williams yeah. narrated? Yeah. <laughs> I went out and watched it in the crowd. 
Like I actually just went and took a sit. Like I was, <laughs> I was got my hands wrapped in the back, and like they they put the lights down, and I went out into this into the crowd and just sat in a seat and just like took in the intro of that show because like I just wanted to be there and like yeah. just like feel it first, and then I went back into the back. And but you were well, you were walking like, around a little bit there, weren't you? <laughs> on that ten minutes. Yeah, because like especially at that time, like it was. Rebellion was back after such a long yeah. layoff. And Rebellion's very important to me as a show, like just because yeah. I was a fan of it first and being there is like, oh shit. Um, so in that moment, like when they started to play that video, I just wanted to like just take it in from the perspective of someone in the crowd. It fucking shows. Yeah, man. I think it shows um, your, your, your passion shows. I think Rebellion's one of those shows that as a fighter, you go out during the fights and you kind of look around and you're like, <laughs> this show's a little different to mm. other shows, you know, like, and not saying that like the fights in general on most shows are, are you know, your fights are fights. You get good fights on every show, but yeah. there's something about the Rebellion production that's just beyond ev- anything else in Australia at the moment. Mm. Um, and, you know, that highlight, that, that um, highlight that Rebellion just put up of their last show. Yeah. That's insane, man. That's like movie level, kind of like mm. high level quality. Did you have you watch it? Bundy? The, no, um, not yet. Man, it's it's awesome. It's like five yeah, minutes of just highlights and you know Hughes featured Tom heavily Gattacol, in there, covered in blood. Who is that? Who's, who's who does all that? <laughs> Tom, Tom Gavikol, the sentimental bear. He's a wizard. Yeah. I think He's between so him and William Liu, who's William the Liu. photographer, mm-hmm. um, and I think he helps out a little bit in um, all that kind of production stuff. But um, and between um, those two, yeah. I think like Sai really struck gold, man. Because and then there's mm. Paris as well. Paris does his production as Paris well. Production, yeah, the production stuff. The live stream, the live stream stuff. Yeah. So it's it's, it's, it's a which great, I heard, um, you know, from all accounts, was the best live stream that anyone's seen in ages so yeah and i think it was all done through rebellion website so nah yep. so you know size so really onto something there and yeah and, um really yeah just well. being a fanboy of muay thai when you're at a rebellion you know and let's get let, let, sorry mate, we, 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 <laughs> mate we, we, this has been a episode of digressions but um let's get back into let's get back to the, the to um combat chat mate you're you're most like I heard when the last episode, I heard you talking about a uh, episode that got eighteen thousand downloads. That correct? It was uh, a it was uh, super YouTube views. YouTube oh, YouTube views. views! But that was the Super Bond one, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that, would that would that been your biggest guest, most memorable guest? No, like there was no guest. They were just, talking, just talking about him. Oh, they were just talking. You were yeah. just talking. Why yeah. you were just talking about him? <laughs> I mean, if we had him on as a guest, it would have sucked because. Uh, Neither of us speak Thai. <laughs> 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 yeah, we would have got like a hundred views. Like, we can't listen to this, man. <laughs> we so were speaking through Google Live Translation. <laughs> so you were just talking about him and you got 18,000 views. What That's was the... It was the yeah. breakdown of one, was it? Oh, uh, yeah, one championship. It was like, so I think the reason that one travelled so well, because there's it's a lot of things promotionally that we just, neither of us have time to do. Like, I've got yeah. quite a busy job out side of Muay Thai, which people think like all I do all day is watch fights, but I thought you just run. Run. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, and just run, just running, run to the edge of the earth, tripping over uh, on gravel. And it, like Shane, of course, like runs a gym and has two kids and, yeah. and stuff as well. So, but I think that was a good example of how, like, when you really know what you're doing, which we don't, it was by chance, you can just kind of like get the perfect storm. Like, 
So Superbond knocked out Protrosion. So that was generating a lot of traffic. We, yeah. pre- we made that episode and released it the next day. So it was still a hot okay, topic. So and I like think it was Zeitgeist. turning up in... Yeah. The first God, thing I think it was showing up in to. people's... Yeah. In, and, and also like uh, people's YouTube algorithms. I think yeah. it just it made its way in there, um, which is cool. And, and Superbond as well is like... Like a lot of the comments we got were written in Thai. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if... He's got a massive People, fan base, man. Um, he's got a huge look, fan base. Look, look at the comments on him versus Toby's fight as well, and it's the mm. same. Like, all the other fights on Real Hero that are up, like, you know, don't have that many views, and then that yeah. fight. Yeah. Obviously, it was a great fight and deser- deserves it great all, fight, but yeah. it's just, like, insane the amount of traffic that Superbond can generate in the Thai community. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a, that was a good episode. I, um, I, yeah. I remember... I remember listening to that and, and thinking that, you know, that was a really good breakdown. So, so this um, is a shocking so, moment, right? To watch Petrosian get hit the deck like that. Yeah. Yeah. Does, um, does podcasting help you with, in, with your fight game? I think it does, but it's more so I, I like to study and I think it's what You're a lot of animated. people don't yeah. do enough of. And my mm. trainer, Aram is very similar with this. Aram goes, I mean, Aram goes off at people for a lot of reasons, but Aram goes <laughs> off at people in the gym when they're starting out. Have you been watching fights? He doesn't ask me because he knows. But have you been like, <laughs> if someone's if someone's yeah. taking to it well, and he says, okay, have you been? Tell me a couple of fights that you've watched. Oh, I haven't really been watching them. And, and like, uh, I like to study, so I, I think podcasting is a really good way for me to just share study that do like i'm gonna watch okay. all these fights anyway so mm. do i think podcasting helps i do think it, and also because of the connections that i make and the conversations i have okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah. i think it's like you if, if you if i'm saying it's like another fighter you don't have to make a podcast by all means do if you want to but do the do the study and yeah. the, the kind of background work and and then like yeah i think the podcast is like kind of a reflection of that yeah so. cool um yeah i was just about to say um, in terms of podcasting, like it kind of make, yeah, it kind of, it doesn't force you to study, but it makes you kind of hyper aware, like, oh, maybe I should kind of study <laughs> a little bit about what I am talking about too. Yeah. Um, that's a good point you raised as well about Aram kind of, um, you know, getting, getting wound up about people not watching fights. Cause, um, I it really sees that as like a central part of, of training it's yeah. like do your training but then also go and watch fights because he thinks and i agree like muay thai like you just have to go and watch enough of it i can uh, or your trainer can teach it to you but until you have a picture of that like that contextual picture in your mind of just the general aesthetic of it like mm. you will not pick it up that well like it is a really good way to enhance yeah yeah how I've, you um, learn and like i've been saying you're ungrateful we have youtube phone. today yeah, your right. trainer did probably didn't have YouTube. No, they yeah. didn't. Have, right. Did you have YouTube in the back in the old No, when oh, you first started. Yeah, man, like just starting. Just maybe. starting when yeah. you fu- when you first started. But I'm you, not that. I'm not that old yet, bro. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm the old one. I'm the old <laughs> one, mate. But even then, there probably wasn't that many fights. Like even when I was starting, it was hard to find stadium fights. Now the P and D fights just streamed straight to YouTube. Oh, I used to watch like the work done for you on Foxtel. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I used to record it, and I'd had like all the revolution, uh, evol- all the evolution, um, or, or recorded. Yeah, like, 
set and kept and dad would be on like, the Foxtel IQ yeah and he'd be like I need to fucking delete some so I can watch, watch my MotoGP <laughs> <laughs> no nah, my dad actually loved watching it with me as well uh, so <laughs> it was more mum with her movies but um, yeah no nah, like that was the way that I used to watch back in the day now yeah. as a coach um, yeah I'm the same but I kind of like really encourage people to watch fights and, and mm, I'm sending you know sending them fights all the time I'm like right I want you to fight like this fight uh, this style for the next fight and then I'll send them a bunch of fights and be like like this that's yeah. awesome that, that's, that, that's, that's a fucking great tool to have great learning tool to have in the, the, with YouTube videos and seeing uh, different styles of fighting and, and uh, what works and what doesn't work and, and, um, and just the entertainment of fucking watching a Mortai fight <laughs> Mate, um, 100% you were talking about commentating as well I mean does, uh, obviously, yes. obviously uh, talking and being analytical has helped you with your commentating uh, uh, career. You, you'd be thinking about is that is that is that next for you? You're gonna have many many. I mean, it's not young man. It's not necessarily next because I'm doing it right now. But um, yeah, I really like I, I I really enjoy doing it. I find it extremely challenging, and I think that's one of the reasons I like doing it. Yeah, uh, I'm lucky. I'm lucky in a lot of ways, but lucky that a couple of promoters have just given me a shot because uh the first time i ever commented i didn't know what i was doing and it is <laughs> deceptively difficult i think if you, oh. i think it's deceptively difficult to do well yeah i do but too i love it it's definitely something that i want to do more of and i've been actually talking to some shows in other states that are, yeah. are happy to kind of let me come along so hopefully hopefully you'll start to see a little bit more of me in, well, in that capacity well. yeah, my last one was You've got good knowledge and you speak well, so I think, um, you know, you, you'd be a pretty good fit for it, I think. As, as long My, as the last know. one I did was 1774. Oh, I, yeah, I got to yeah. commentate the mm. Lisa Briley and Kim Townsend world title, and, and that was an awesome fight, and, and I'll be back commentating in two weeks on Siam to Sydney. Nice. Uh, nice. Darren Chen versus Jordan Fielding, and, and Lisa Briley again versus Spring Stair. That's an awesome oh, fight. Nice. I see a great fighter. I'd be, uh, I'd be looking at it like uh, I get the best seat in the house, and I just get to to talk about it the whole time, which is the same way I look at judging and refing. So, (laughs) exactly, exactly right. Yeah, and and the the commentary days become big because I'll go. Everything's on on Sound Sydney. There's a development day first, and then an amateur show, and then a pro show. So I'll be an official first. Oh Uh, no! And then when I was actually going to ask amateurs before. Yeah, so you ref. I was going yeah. to ask about that before. Was we've it? kind of we've kind of gone past it a little bit, but yeah, um, yeah, because I remember you saying that you've been refing and judging and that, and um, yeah, yeah, like I, 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 I think I've been doing it now for like two or three years. Um, you ref last night. Yeah, 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 I actually refed and judged a show, uh, amateur show last night, um, which was cool. Some real good fights there. But I was going to ask, do you find um, the you know that aspect of being able to ref and judge and understand the rule set of a fight? Do you find that helpful when you when you fight as well? Like when you're literally in the ring during the middle of the round and you're like, "Fuck, I might be a little bit behind. I need to pick it up a bit." Do do you kind of find that it has helped you there? Because I feel like it helped me. Um, and yeah. I haven't experienced many other fighters that are kind of doing both. So, Well, actually, one of the reasons I was thought of officiating is something I would do after my fight career. But I was quite inspired by yourself and George because yeah. I think you both took it on while you yeah, were active. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. George still active. And, yeah. and that made me be like, oh, these two these are two of the best in the world. They And they can do it alongside fighting. So can I. 
And I think I'm, again, I'm super lucky in my life in many areas, like who I know. And I speak with um, Elias Delops is like very, very regularly. Oh, like awesome. He's uh, a trainer at Sitchathon. Yeah, right. And yep. Yeah, so he gives me a lot of advice about the and like who, who's better to ask yeah, questions legit, about no one. scoring yeah. and stuff than him. Yeah, but I also think like I've had some fights where, as has anyone, where I've had a little bit of a whinge about how the decision went and stuff like that. And that I have a personal philosophy that like if you're gonna have anything to say about how fights are judged or ref or do go it. and do a course, yeah. yeah. Put your ass out there and actually, because to me, I genuinely find, especially refereeing, like when you're in front of everyone, fucking terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, like, I find I really refer- like refereeing's not that bad. Um, for me personally, judging and having the pressure of like, especially a close fight, like, oh deciding God, the fight. Did I? Like, Both maybe in their own way. Yeah. And then, like when I, for example, like the last one, I could come out huffing and puffing about how, you know it was a draw and I should have won and whatever, but like, and, and that's helped my perspective. Like when I say like I was pouring blood everywhere and that's going to have, like you learn to be like, you've got to watch it live and make a decision on the spot. And it's that first time you're doing it and someone's come over, hand me your scorecard and you're like, uh, 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 <laughs> I'm like, not ready. You realize like, it's a very different thing. Like, and that's what people are always saying this decision was wrong. I watched it in this, this, you watched it in your house yes. on your computer screen yeah. where you could pause and slow it down and you've got different camera yeah, angles. The beauty of Someone had to sit there. They had one perspective. Yeah. Mm. Like, you just learn that there's more to it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you need to do things that make you realize that, you know, you're not as smart as you think you are. But it's easy. It's easy to, to judge and give your opinion on something <laughs> than to actually do the fucking work and then have a have an educated mm. opinion about it. Hey, I, I get I wound up about... every this. gym... Oh, you go. You sorry, go. I believe every gym should have to... Yeah. Like, if you want to be, for example, going. a Muay Thai Australia member gym, you have to have one registered official. Yeah. And if no well, one in the I gym agree. wants to do it, it defaults to the trainer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone... No, then then everyone... Like, um, we talked about this with... um with Darius as well, you know, Darius says, because then everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Everyone knows the rules, you know? Yeah. So, I think, um, and without, without getting into this too much, um, no, we no, have no, this no, let's, thing in let's New South Wales. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we have this thing in New South Wales where like, after some of the flight shows, you know, if there's close decisions, people, uh, no, yeah, I'll just, I'll just say, like, people go like, all the judges are from PTJ, <laughs> and it's like, I hate this so much because PTJ have done an incredible job yeah. producing officials. Darren officiates, B officiates, and they're really good. Yeah. The reason all the judges are from PTJ is because none of the rest yeah, of yeah, you are yeah, 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 the only right. fucking ones doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you're, it's not like like they were carefully selected from PTJ. It's because PTJ is saying, let's get involved with refing, and none of the rest of you are. Yeah. Like It's not a rigged system. No, I am. Um, I'm more people from your gym. I'm, I'm encouraging like as many people from my gym at least to go to the seminars yeah. that are held. Definitely. And I'm actually going to force, like now that I'm the coach, I'm gonna, <laughs> like, the next one's that's on, I'm forcing all the fucking fighters. Now so that I'm the boss. Gonna, yeah. Now that I'm the boss, I'm going <laughs> to force everyone to go to the seminars and wear dresses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like 
even from a coaching perspective, I think like just having that knowledge, mm. fuck, man, it helps so much. So, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that anyway, man. Um, back to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, back, back to combat chat. <laughs> Mate, <have> to <laughs> what, is the, what is next? I mean, like, obviously, you're just going to keep pumping out episodes, creating content, doing your thing. What is next? What, what's, what, what, is, what, would you, what, what would you want from for the podcast? I have ideas. Like, there's a lot. Mate, to me, the biggest I thing is, like, yeah. I am pretty stacked as far as what I've got to do, like, what I have time for. So, mm. I try to just treat priority number one is just getting this out there. Yeah. As more time opens up, if it ever does, there's definitely different things I'd like to do with it. Yeah. Um, but for right now, just keep telling stories and keep having fun right, with it. Yeah. And then... Just let what happens happen. Look, I've got ideas that maybe we, we you know, all the all the podcasts yeah. in in uh, in Australia should get together and maybe collab. I was yeah, thinking, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe if I, I don't know what the I'm just spitballing here, brainstorming here, maybe one if, a big Zoom chat. Yeah, big, <laughs> but yeah, or fight yeah. A, a fight companion where we might, you know, do a like just say combat chat and striker chat, do a fight companion on a rebellion card or an MTGP card or something like that, and just I don't know something. Yeah, let's collab and do. Doing something, creating yeah. a podcast. This is podcast kind of a network. collab here. Yeah, hey, this is a collab. This <laughs> is a collab. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll be fucking awesome if we can just do a bit of a, a collab. Maybe something outside of Muay Thai, a podcast network. Maybe I heard you talking about a podcast network, mate. <laughs> I, I, well, I think like. What's that, room? And next time, um, next time one of us are over in Melbourne as well, I'll, yeah. I'll have to or bring the recording gear or, or something. Sydney. Yeah, we're or up Sydney. Sydney or both of us. Or yeah, when, you're, when you're here in Perth or whenever. I think in travelling, yeah. I think now the borders are open, I'd love to get over and travel and go, go to a... I go agree. To a um, that's kind of my, my biggest focus as well is starting to do some in-person I'd love, stuff. I'd love you so to I come think... over here and find a Domination or an MDGP yes. or, or any of these cards. Stay tuned, away. actually. Yeah, stay tuned. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, you'll break it on see. combat chat then, uh, yeah, you know, you, we'll you'll see. break I know nothing. I, I, yeah, I think, uh, I think sooner rather than later, but we'll see. Well, Hugh, mate, we've um, been at it for a fucking an hour and a half. <laughs> Seems like I apologise. I just get going. Please don't I... apologise, mate. I love, I love it. I love the content. I love the way we just fucking digressed. We did everything. We we talked. We chatted. We um, we had a great time. I think. Thank you, for I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you once again for joining us. What striker chat? Where can people find you, mate? Your socials. You got obviously you got the combat chat socials. Yeah, Instagram's probably the best place. Yeah. We've got Facebooks and stuff too, but that's a, a you want the the podcast, the rules and stuff like that are at Combat Chat Podcast. Yep. You can find me. I'm pretty active on there as well. I just Hugh O'Donnell and shoot me a message and chat. That's been kind of one of the coolest parts about the podcast is I do have yeah. a lot of people kind of yeah, get I in love, touch with me and, and I'm I'm pretty active on there. Yeah, yeah, just chatting shit and sending through fights to watch and, and stuff like that. It's um yeah, it's cool. Mate. Talk to me. <laughs> Mate, thank you once again. Good luck on your future endeavours and let's collaborate on something very in the future, mate. Let's. That'd be awesome. Take care, boys. See you later, buddy. Thank you very much, mate. That's awesome. That was fucking, that's great. We got some Wanna bang it out, you know I'm down The pit never quits, we putting pressure on this So the crowd, we hold it down Man, it's over once my hand cocks Shut up to the weapon, that's my brother Since the sandbox Man, the time has come for me to
to prove I mean business is my witness. Rebel Roy won't let it go the distance. See, for instance, I shed blood and then I get applause. Everybody, please welcome back the rebel with the cause. Man, the time has come for me to prove I mean business is my witness. Rebel Roy won't let it go the distance. See, for instance, I shed blood and then I get applause. Everybody, please welcome back the rebel with the cause. Cliff pushes me hard so I can kick your mouth in. I ain't talking eastward though, I'm talking quick draw housing. The pit is where my family's at, I'm back inflicting damage. Man, my kicks are like a battle axe that chops you like a can of pass. Clint will get the reference when the rest should get the message. For the coroner in the corner, man, gotta rescue him from the wreckage. I'm a natural disaster, swinging hammers in my hands. Landing on your button, offing me the canvas was the plan. Kiss you goodnight with a fist in a fight. This is Will's will to drill through you for instant delight. When you drop to the floor, homie, you ain't talking no more. Know the dumb.